Wasn't that like from that movie, Forrest Gump? Life is, what was well, like life is like a box of chocolates, life right? Is like a box of you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Isn't that what he said? You, I don't know. I don't. Know. I yeah. just remember that one line. I'll tell you what. But for some reason, we're being tested. We are being fucked with and tested, and yeah. I don't think Mercury's in retrograde, but that's what it feels like, folks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think uh, we just came out of a brutal production meeting. Uh, <laughs> tempers were. Uh, I don't know why everybody's getting so hostile. I mean, it's a relaxing show. It's entertaining. It's elevating. It's educating. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, tensions are high. Except for with Bones. Bones. Bones has had the stiff upper lip, you know. He and, never and changes that expression. He's, he's really, really maintained uh, an elevation above the fray. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Bones. Very good. Very good. Excellent. Excellent, Bones. I'm not even enthusiastically uh, clapping for Bones today. You know? oh, Matter of fact, I on. might take Bones and just like, you know what? I think I'm going to take Bones and I'm going to get out of here and I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going <laughs> to, <you know? laughs> So it's been that kind of production. Now meeting. we got to put that to that song. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, the Shrek song. Yeah, yeah. So that's what happens when you get in these uh, meetings and people want to twist. Where you go? What happened? Are the police here already? There we go. Where's the back door to this place anyway? I guess I got It's through the bathroom. All right. Yeah. You know what's going to happen, don't you? We're going to get phone calls and emails. Hurting you know, from preservation. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. yes. Sometimes you just got to, you know, go to the mattresses. You know what I mean? I mean, sometimes you just got to. I actually feel better now. You know? I mean, I feel better. You know, we don't condone uh, that, you know. No. That's how you handle things. But no, at some we, point, we I mean, don't. How much can a man take? Or woman. I mean, have you hit your point, John? Have you hit that boiling point sometimes in life? I mean, how much can you take? I mean, that's a great topic for this episode. When It, it, is, it is a great topic for this episode. Yeah. Just giving you a little bit more space over here. Fill okay. up, D'Angelo. Right. See, when you throw people around, you start getting a little more respect. So <laughs> a little more respect. Right. But, I mean, like, when, when is enough enough? Now, I've been in situations where you know somebody's testing you, whether it be a relationship, yeah. whether it be your boss, a co-worker. I mean, you know, when is enough enough? You know, and what do you do? Go home, complain to your, uh, your friends, your family. Nobody wants to hear you complain, right? So maybe you just have to handle it the way you got to handle it. Maybe at 61, that's the way we handle things. I don't know. What do you When think? is enough enough? Well, do you want to delve into that? You want well, to do a, let's, let's go do a, for it. We'll yeah. do a yeah. countdown. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah. See, now I'm so fired up now. Okay. You ready? Boy, Bones, Bones triggered you, and he didn't say a word. Well, unfortunately, he was the victim of uh, the production just, meeting. He was the victim of just being too close to you. Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> he's making me nervous. I had an uncle. God bless. I love that Uncle Jim. If you're up there in heaven, he may be down below, you know, because he was, uh, you know, he was a great guy. But he always just say, this guy's making me nervous. This guy's making me nervous. Anytime we went to a diner, uh, shout out to the Lynnhurst Diner. I mean, that was his favorite spot. I would take him there up until his last oh, year really? on the planet. Yeah, yeah wow. the LD. And, uh, you know, it's, he'd make me nervous. So bones over my shoulder, it just, I felt claustrophobic. You know, I need room. I need space. You know, I got to do that. So let's have a countdown. Go ahead. Five, four, three. <laughs> Two, one, my. <laughs> Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Jersey Alchemist. And I'm your host, Dr. John Gerard Gallucci. A very calming force. Thank you, Dr. John, for calming me down. And I'm Philip D'Angelo. And Bones was here. He's laying down. But right if now. you tuned in before the countdown, uh, Bones took an early flight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he took a little trip, but that's all right. Like Arnold did in that movie. Remember he killed the guy in the airplane? And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. mind my friend. He's dead tired. <laughs> so Bones is a little tired right yeah, now. Yeah, Bones is tired. John. Bones take a nap on the couch. When is enough enough? At what point do you stand up to the bully? At what point do you say, I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it And I'm not going to take it anymore. Please. There had to be situations in your life. I mean, I had a coworker in the job I'm currently at who snaked me every chance he could get. And I knew a side of him that nobody else knew, like the bosses, everybody else. Oh, he's this great guy. But yet when it came to me and him and interacting with customers and clients, he would throw me under the bus, jab me, talk bad about me behind my back. But I found out about it until one day I confronted him, you know, like a man. Old school, face-to-face at my advanced age. And, uh, you know, we settled the score. Neither to say, he never bothered me again. Right. I had to go to the principal's office, though. I had to sit down with the boss and explain myself. So that's what I did. I think I think um, everybody experiences that differently. And, uh, and I think it's probably um, a detriment if you... If you get pushed and triggered beyond your capacity and you act out and for some reason the universe seems to reward you for acting out. If you act out in an unbecoming way that lowers yourself to the person that was basically your assailant, right, or your your scoffer, your ridiculer, because we all know that they're all around, you lower yourself and, and the world, you know, uh, or the universe rewards you for your actions. Now you now you got that button close by, kind of like the, the beep button, and it might be the reaction button. It might be the violence button. It might be something where it, you know, you're going to start doing things that to your supervisors, to your lords and masters, they're going to say, you know what? He did this once. We let him get away with it. He did it twice. He's out of here. He's out of here. And, and, you know, I think being rewarded for a hot reaction isn't great. 
And why do I say that? Because I'm my own victim, uh, and I admit it. I, I am absolutely, ever since I was a kid, I was a hot reactor. It's probably the Latino genes that are within us. Certain people, certain people are stereotyped for hot reacting, and others are not. So I think what I've developed over decades, decades of being in uh, high-pressure zones. Uh, you can't get more pressure than the zone you were ac in. Academic sure. zones, medical surgical zones, and those zones were full of assailants and ridiculers and scoffers and cutthroats, just packed from, from pre-med, you know, pre-med studies in college to to dental school, full of full of backstabbers. Medical school, the same thing, all the way. Even even in my residency, I've I found that to be true. And then the last thing I expected was that when you become an attending and you have a, you know, a relatively lofty position, that the people that that know you well, that laugh with you, that you get invited to their house for dinner and you drink with them and all of that stuff and your kids play with each other and they're, they're, they're digging it into you. And so what I've developed over the years, like I said on the previous episode, I got my little notebook out and I, I take the license plate, the year, make and model number of the vehicle that ran me over. You know, and, and you put it into your computer bank and you go, well, you know, okay. Now, if I allow myself to be put in a position, a vulnerable position with that same make and model number that ran me over last time, uh, whose fault is that? It's probably my fault. You know, what's the expression? You know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me, fool me twice, shame on me. So those people are all over the place. And I've developed um, a much more comported device or tool. I, I, I mark it well who's messing with me. And uh, when they least expect it, usually when we're alone chatting in an office, I'll bring it up to them. I will, I will bring it up to them. And it's, it's funny. Um, it's usually, it usually, usually worked for me, you know, and I've made my point abundantly clear in a, in a calm, comported fashion, not in a showy way where bystanders are looking, because that lowers you, that, that yeah. you, you, you fall down off the ladder. And, um, but, but yeah, you know, I mean, look, we, part of being a human being is to, face and deal deal with people who just want to just try to humiliate you and denigrate you and and knock you off what they think are are your pegs and that's getting back to the previous or or a previous episode about you know none are so Oh, none are, are so, so empty, empty as, as those, those who are full, full of themselves. themselves. And uh, it's not that we're looking to repeat, repeat, repeat. But you know what? It, it seems to be that that energy is still here. I mean, I mean, you know what? You tossed Bones across the room. He's on the couch. Poor, poor oh, Bones. Yeah. But I got to admit, he was talking about you behind your back the other day. Let's see what he does next. So, so. <laughs> see now, see, that's the next part. I did that on purpose. 
right? You're going to find the cut, the real cutthroat people are the ones that start like this. They go, hey, look, I've got to tell you something. It's really important. You're going to want to hear this. And now you're like, what the fuck? Okay, and you're now you're leaning in, you're making sure the door is closed, you know, and the and the person says, Yeah, you need to know this. And then the next thing they say is, but don't tell anybody I told you. That's the hallmark of a sociopath but narcissistic tendencies, as far as I'm concerned. And you gotta be careful because all they really wanna do, they're not trying to help you. They're trying to make you think that they're helping you, but they're, they're, they got that uh, tin of uh, charcoal fluid lighter from the, for the barbecue or kerosene. They're going all around your feet. That's right. And the next thing you know, they struck the match and now they're tossing it. And they're running as you're burning, and inside they're laughing at you. So anybody approaches you with, you have got to hear this. Somebody was speaking about you. you got to hear this. Close that door. Now you're gripped. Now you're gripped. But don't tell anybody. There's your assailant. There's your Brutus. That's the one. Because you don't know if what he's going to tell you is the truth. There's a good chance that it's either embellished or not true at all so all right john so in the workplace it's probably a good idea have a conversation with somebody let somebody know that you you know what's up you know what's going on so give somebody like a warning uh, warning shot say hey please i'd appreciate it like gentlemen that's what you say right yeah okay. all right so how about in relationships with our significant others I mean, how much, how long do you go with absorbing something that you don't agree with, with your significant other, and mm -hmm. bring it up to them? Yeah. Or do you just do what I did with, well, no, you don't do that, but you just, <laughs> but you just get really upset. You know right, what I mean? Right. You, you, hey, you, Kathy, you know. get over here. I got to show you something. Hey, Boom. Hey, front Alex, kick. Front kick down the steps. No, no, God no, forbid. No, 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 no. Don't do that. No, 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 no. But I'm like, before you at least express how you're feeling, like, you know, sometimes you let something go once, you let something go twice. All right, it's no so, big deal. But, okay. By so, the fourth or fifth time. Let me, let me jump in here, okay? So I, I think how we're going to try to open that can of worms, right? How many times have you been in the position where you're, your girlfriend or your wife, your boyfriend, your husband, whoever, your whoever your significant other may be, just as long as it's not a fucking chimpanzee, you're okay. All right. Chimps need love too, John. Yeah, you know koalas. You know, don't be, don't be, don't be spending time with koalas. Nothing like that, right? But what if they said to you, "Oh, I'm cooking tonight, and you're gonna love what I make for you." Or us. Okay, and you're all excited. You're at work. Can't wait to get home. All right. You're a little bit worried, you know, because you kind of know that they're not the chef of the future. Mm -hmm. And you get home, and they make some attempt at something that they think in their head that you're going to love, and it fucking sucks. It's offensive to the nose. 
It's offensive to the eye and it's offensive to the palate. Mm. And you thank them, you dig in. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? My father, a long time ago, God bless my mom and dad. They're both on the other side. They're both deceased. He said to me back in the 40s that my mother was so proud of herself that she was going to make my dad pancakes on a Sunday, Sunday morning. This is before they were married. Mm. So he was invited over to the house. You mean he didn't sleep over the night before? It <laughs> nah, didn't happen back yeah, then. No way. No right? way. And my mother basically made roofing shingles. <laughs> And my father said that they, they were completely uh, inedible. Wow. They were unpalatable. There was no way. But, of course, he said, oh, Kathy, oh, these, <laughs> these were terrific. And, and he said it was the biggest mistake he ever made in his life because then she was thrilled. And every Sunday he had to suffer through the roofing shingles. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, so, okay. So, wow. but really... The reason why I backed around and came at it that way is because now you're faced with an issue that you find intolerable. Mm. But but there's something blocking you because you don't want to be the heavy. You don't want to play the villain in, in this little scenario. Mm. And so now you got to make a decision. You're either going to clam up. Accept your fate. And you're going to accept by default your shitty fate, mm -hmm. and you're going to be stuck eating the roofing shingles that your wife or girlfriend thinks are pancakes in the morning. So which is worse? Which is worse? And probably, probably the worst end of the deal here is to suffer through the roofing shingles and have your significant other think that you actually like them because then you're just potentiating her cooking something that's just horrible. And that's not good for anyone. But to bring it up to speed and to massage it up, how many times in our lives have we decided, I can't take this anymore? You know, I can't I can't take this much longer. I am done with this crap. And if it's something that you know, you know, you know, I think it's all about, and it could be its own episode, boundaries. So many people don't know how to put up boundaries. And I find that a true narcissist, without sounding like Dr. Romney, you know, lecturing about narcissists, but narcissists seem to be experts at putting up boundaries. They will sledgehammer your face if you cross what they set up as their boundaries, but you are supposed to have no boundaries for them to deal with. And then and then we get a trauma bond going on where we're the victim and we're constantly being sledgehammered by a narcissist. For some reason, we just can't break free and we think we're going to change the narcissist. Now, narcissist aside, whoever it is, it's the, it's the boss at work. It's the associate at work. It's one of your kids. It's your significant other. It's your spouse. It's your next door. It's your next door neighbor who decides he's going to start cutting trees down. And when the branches fall, it 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 destroys your fence. And he acts like uh, it was an act of God, like he had nothing to do with it. Then what do you do? You can't take it anymore. I would say 
against our grain. We don't want to be the heavy. You have to stand up for yourself. You have to know your boundaries. And once the when that boundary is, is breached, you need to say something. That's what I think. As difficult as it is. Yes, 100%. Or... Well, let's go down the, l the ladder first, because the first people that came to mind were people at work that push you because they feel they can. They're not. It's not like really an intimate setting. Then it was relationships, people that you're involved with on the outside. Okay, but now it's you touched on it, John. Let's go to kids about how you know a kid, a child, a son or daughter, sons or daughters, plural, will push your boundaries and get away because we did it as kids. We get a, try and get away with as much as we can, and we keep pushing and pushing and pushing. Now, our parents' generation, they didn't put up with anything. There were no, it was like one and done. You'll never do that again, yeah. or you're outside, or you're going to get the belt, whatever the situation the was. Belt. Oh, God, you know, yeah, the belt, oh, God, But I know me as a father, you know, you try not to be that severe. You let things go. And sometimes, John, I'd like to know your opinion. By the time you let it go too much, then it's too late. Then you have a, a oh. child who feels entitled to yeah. do whatever and say whatever they want. Right. Unacceptable. No, and I, I think that there are gradations of issues. You know, you got a kid like, you know, the furthest I think I pushed provoking my dad because, you know, a household always runs more smoothly when there is kind of an omnipresent dictatorial power. Mm. I hate to say that, but it's true. Now, my mother was the best support crew for my dad, but my dad was the one who had the bottom line, you know, end all say on everything, which is why on a previous episode about me having pork chops in my pockets as a, as a small kid in school, you know, I just couldn't stand eating my mother's pork chops or peas. So in order to get back at them, I filled my, I cleaned my dish of the peas and stuffed them into my mouth. I stuck the pork chops in my pockets and I went upstairs. Thank God nobody was in the bathroom. And I spit all the peas into the toilet, flushed them down, and left the pork chops in my pockets. And they were still there the next day when I went to school. And I got embarrassed at the water fountain when my teacher saw me pull pork chops out of my pockets. And what did she do? She called my mother. And my mother told my dad. So I got fucked anyway. And now I got double fucked because... I made a big move against my dad's dictum that you will not leave that table until you finish your food. Who do you think you are? And that's exactly how we used to see it. <sighs> yeah. So at what point do you just, I mean, I think with kids, I, the way our parents raised us and their parents, get right to the jump. Maybe that's the way it should be with everybody, John, with our significant others. And with our people at work, you know, the second something is wrong, we you have to. St I think you have to stand up right then you, and say it. You have to step. You have to step up. And what I meant by there are gradations of issues. Okay, little Johnny loathed, loathed putting his mother's canned peas in his mouth. Forget about chewing and swallowing them. Blah, and he hated her pork chops. But I never really let it become anything other than anything higher or, or, or greater than that. I used to talk to my dad about it, and, and, and he would talk to me. So we didn't really have big issues. But as a father, what if one of my daughters came home with 
a boyfriend that I knew had horrible, horrible issues. Oh boy. Now what do you do? Now what do you do before before she tiptoes up to you, teary-eyed, and says, I don't know what to do. I didn't mean for this to happen. Me, 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 me. I'm pregnant. If you couldn't understand me, I'm pregnant. Yeah. Now what do you do? Because you tolerated the scumbag boyfriend for too long. For too long. Now what do you do? Now what do you do? Yeah. I mean, that's a very situation. Because sometimes with kids, John, when you say no, that just makes them even more go to whatever they're... Well, it's like, it's like one of my daughters, I told the story before, where she was going to spend the day with her boyfriend, like about an hour north of where her mom and I were living. And, uh, and, the, and her mom and I were divorced, and the mother said to me, don't worry, I have a tracking device on her cell phone. I know her GPS, blah, 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 and we'll follow, we'll follow her wherever she goes. But my daughter was, in that sense, her mother's daughter. I didn't say she was her father's daughter. She is. But I would not have been so devious to say, guess what? Fuck mom. I'm going to go into my cell phone and turn off my GPS tracking device. But that's exactly what my daughter did. So she spent the entire day in a reservoir skinny dipping with her boyfriend. <laughs> Do you think... <laughs> What? How do you know mom wasn't in on it with the door? She wasn't in on Are it. She sure? was pissed. We had, we were we were both like, oh, how dare you? Because you remember that movie Taken with Liam Neeson. Taken. I didn't see it. Oh, it was an amazing movie, and the daughter gave uh, Liam Neeson. The retired Secret Service agent who can like kill ninety people with his bare hands. Sure, he can. Yeah, right. And <laughs> the story that she was going to Europe, uh, to France with her girlfriend's family, and there, mm -hmm. but it was really just her and her girlfriend going. And once they got there, they were taken. They were kidnapped by uh, some uh, underworld. Some so she conveniently girl. lied to dad to call off the dogs and the wife and the mother and, and the, the mother. mother also oh. lied as well. Oh, the mother lied yeah, with the daughter. The mother and the daughter just to, ran just on to it. put the, were they divorced? The parents. Yes. Of course oh, well, there you go. Yeah. There and, you go. You know, and of course, he was painted as a big dad. You're never big bad. You're never any fun dad. Boy, like I haven't heard that a hundred times. Never any fun dad, and yeah. he was the he was the uh, he was the quite capable intelligence operative yeah, who yeah, could yeah. kill a population with just a glance and all of that stuff. On, a, yeah. on the phone call, he said he's acquired a certain set of skills. That's what right. told the kidnappers, yeah. Right. So, so I love that movie. I have to watch it. I didn't I've never seen it. Yeah. So what but what do you do? What do you bring it back to the center? What do you do uh when you've you're faced with a situation that's come up over and over again and you're just no longer gonna take the shit. Your um your capacity to um um eat shit and swallow it has been exceeded. What do you do? Uh, you you have no choice, really, no good choice, other than to stand your ground, um, point to your borders and your boundaries, not just for yourself, but for others, for others. And then you have to, before you make your counter, you have to anticipate 
that this could be the end of the relationship because a lot of times the, there are a lot of people out there. The only reason why they want you in their midst is to lift their leg and piss on you or shit in your face. You like that language? That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about, Alfie. They will piss and they will shit in your face. I remember that, those lyrics, but... I love the way you sang them. I copyrighted those lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> Thank you. Archangel but, Michael, help. Yeah. So, John, I think the bottom line is, and this is something my father used to say, ultimately you have to look at the man or woman in the mirror. So, how much, so you have to look in the mirror at yourself say, how much am I going to take? Am I going to let this go on or am I going to do something about it? You at least have to express how you feel. Don't sit there like you used, like to say, a marshmallow, and just take it. You have to let the opposition, if you want to consider them opposition, you have to let them know where you stand immediately. Otherwise, well, otherwise, you're, the you're, consequences. You're, you're, you're pumping up the pressure in the volcano yeah. unless you deal with the issue. Now, let's say you've, at least in your mind, you've raised the issue every Sunday afternoon, for three months, and it's still happening. Well, you should long ago have outlined and highlighted your boundaries. And if the person is still breaching the boundaries, really, regardless of who they are, you got to say, well, is this relationship worth it? And, and you know, you're really stuck. You're, the only time you're really stuck, really, 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 really stuck is when it's one of your children because the universe gave you your kids. That's it. What are you going to do? Half of, the, your, half of their genetics are yours, and they're never not going to be your offspring. Even if they leave and say, fuck off, and I'm going you know, with a stick and a kerchief packed, and I'm going to hitchhike to... California from Jersey, and I'm never going to see you again. No matter what, they're still your kid. Your spouse, spouses come and go like changing fucking underwear. Sorry, gang, that's just the truth. Statistically, it's, it's statistically it's somewhere around 50%. Let's hear it from the beanheads out there that will say, no, no, according to the recent statistics, no, no, it's 46% first time. And on second time marriages, it's really 80%. Fuck you. It's 50% in that area. Okay? So what are you going to do? Spouses come and go. Significant others come and go. Don't attach yourself to another person in this game of duality so that you're suffering. You know, there was, a, there, was a, there was an old war movie from, I think, the late 60s. And I think it was called No Man is an Island. It's like the World War II era. What a great movie. But, you know, in some respects, okay, no man or no woman is an island because we are all ultimately connected. But if things are that bad, you better learn how to be an island, at least long enough to expunge the other person from your energy field. Otherwise, God forbid, you know, somebody with poor control is going to do something to get themselves thrown in jail. Mm. Wow. God forbid. Well said. John, if you had to alchemize 
this this brutal episode on it's a brutal episode yeah, yeah. Right? we're a little tense today but i feel better now that we expressed it see expression uh, if you had to alchemize this episode my friend how would you do it well if you physically assail someone i think you have to you have to apologize so i'm not sure he's up yet <laughs> There's still work. I'm not sure he's conscious. Yeah. <laughs> They're still working on him over there. Yeah. And there's one, there's one police officer, so I'm sure I'll have to fill out some kind of report. Oh my gosh! You may have to be a witness, John, that he provoked me. You just better hope I to hope God. Do the right thing. You better hope to God that that police officer didn't come here on a motorcycle and he's got a skull and bones tattoo. Because if he does, you're fucked. Because he's part of that. He's part of that construct. Um, we're gonna alchemize this brutal episode. <sighs> okay. If the essential premise is to be here in service to others and not yourself. And while you're servicing others with your heart, somebody is pushing you and pushing you and ridiculing you and scoffing at you and just kicking your ass over and over and over again, it is incumbent upon you as the recipient to define your boundaries. And then at that point, I think you really see now you're now you're trying to be an island in a sense and what you really have to do because you're now you're under siege you are you're being attacked and it's over and over and over again I think this is where prayer and meditation is essential why because the greatest power in the universe is the one living God the magnanimous creator who is love energy itself and you have to connect with source and say, Holy Lord, help me define myself so that I know what my boundaries are. I can't be a circus tent when I really want to be a holy temple. Mm -hmm. Right. So you got to pray. You got to meditate. Get in touch with our source. And then, then after you do that, and it becomes clear what your boundaries are, and you've made it crystal clear to those that are trying to foul you where the boundaries are. If they can't, I hate the word mitigate, sounds like Tony Fauci, mm. but if they can't stop, if they can't back off, if nothing you've done or said, not even through prayer and meditation, gets them to, to back off, then you need to walk away. You need to walk away from the, now you have to consider that person or that circumstance noxious stimuli. What is noxious stimuli? Anything that is foul and hurts you or degrades you or cuts you or scrapes you. That's noxious stimuli. Avoid noxious stimulation and that includes the people that are in your life. That's it. Well, John, Amen. Well said, John. Thank you for a fabulous episode. Yeah. And thank you for letting uh, us vent or me vent. I feel much better now. And taking it out on bones. The therapy session. I'll be right there, producer. We'll settle this oh, once man, I tell you, you're really going to have to apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
Thank You're going to have watching. to buy him dinner. Yeah, again. <laughs> thank you for watching the Jersey Alchemist. You like what we're doing? Like, follow, and subscribe. And share. And share. Thank you. All right. Peace. See you guys.